Okay, stay with me. <laughs> so, I'm like, <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna build a teepee, put it in my living room, and I'm gonna rent it out. Okay, now everybody thought I was crazy. People were like, nobody to sleep in your living room in a teepee. I'm like, yes, they are. Watch, right? Welcome to the podcast conversations with startup founders, mentors, and other folks associated with Pi, the Portland Incubator Experiment. I'm Rick Tarosi, co-founder and general manager of Pi, and I'll be your host. Let's get into another slice. Um, we work to create access to capital for Black and Brown women founders. Uh, one of the ways that we do that is we have a unique pitch competition, which is like live crowdfunding and pitching. And so it's like Shark Tank with an audience, except that everybody in the audience is a shark. The entire audience actually goes into their own pockets and donates to the women who are pitching on stage. Um, I started in 2016. We've been traveling across the country um, doing this for quite some time. And we just expanded to incubate leaders on the ground across five different cities. Today, we have the pleasure of chatting with Shelly Bell, founder of Black Girl Ventures. Along with building community deeper and providing educational uh, resources in those communities uh, hyper-locally. You know, that, that is what I do now, right? Like, I am that <laughs> is what I do. I lead this huge movement. Um, mm-hmm. and, and now I'll take a step back from that to say I am an entrepreneur, I, you know, this stint of the journey, this stint of entrepreneurship, because I've always been entrepreneurial, right? I have, uh, I was a nanny, I sell vacuum cleaners, I called myself a private eye at one point. That's a whole other conversation for a different day. Um, but um, the reality is, I started, I had a, a fiance who did not want me to start a business. Mm. I had gotten laid off. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to start a business. And he was like, nah, I don't think you should start a business because that is not stable. That's not going to be great for our family. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not, you know, we shouldn't do that. And so I didn't at first. I went, I went to work. I got a job doing some, um, patent search work. Cause also I used to work for the patent search, the uh, patent and trademark office at one point mm-hmm. and, um, started doing, you know, started working and I hated everybody, but I, I was hating it really well. And so my boss called me in and he was like, listen, you're awesome, but this is not for you. Um, you need to find what you want to do. And he gave me a really great package, but I was devastated. I went home and called California Psychics. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> right? And so the, the psychic, the woman, she told me, when you find the thing that you want to do, the money will come and you're not going to be with that guy. So, you know, within two months, my relationship broke down. I, um, I threw everybody in my room. I was going through this, <laughs> what's happening to my life moment. Then I'm like, okay, I'm going to start a business, right? Like, what am I going to do? Um, and so one of the first things I did was I built a team. Okay, stay with me. <laughs> so, I'm like, <laughs> so, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to build a teepee, put it in my living room, and I'm going to rent it out. Okay? Now, everybody thought I was crazy. People were like, nobody going to sleep in your living room in a teepee. I'm like, yes, they are. Watch, right? I'm going to build a teepee, put it in my living room, and I'm going to rent it out. And so I'm, I'm in Home Depot, and I'm buying a wood, and they're looking at me like, what are you doing? I didn't even know how to drill a hole. 
And they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going to put it in my living room and I'm going to rent it out. And they're like, nobody's going to sleep in your living room. I'm like, yes, they will. One of my friends who came over to help me, like after I thrown everything out of the living room, he was like six feet tall. I'm like, okay, you're six feet tall. I need you to lay down and it'll be six because I can make sure that a six feet tall person can sleep with a teepee. He's like, nobody's going to sleep in your living room with a teepee. I'm like, yes, they will. I'm going to build a teepee, put it in my living room, and I read it out, right? So everybody thought it was crazy except for my mom. My mom's like, okay, girl, whatever. What do you need me to do? So she helps me put the bedding together. We put together this really great teepee set up in my room. Put it on Airbnb because Airbnb has a teepee option. Of course, right, like you do. And I had so many people who wanted to come to sleep in my living room that I literally had to shut it down <laughs> and think of, I let one woman come stay and I didn't, I quickly figured out that I did not want people to come to my living room and TV. And uh, I started thinking about the model, like what else could I do with mm-hmm. it? Could I build more and rent them out? Like great margins. So I'm like, can I build more and rent them out at a festival and I and it just wasn't working fast enough so I started into like what else can I do and um I I learned I, I was a teacher also mm-hmm. like I've lived many lives <laughs> I was a teacher for a while I taught computer science because I'm a computer scientist and a trainer and I um had learned how to do t-shirts at this school that I taught at and so I was like oh I can do a t-shirt line mm-hmm. so my first t-shirt line was the LGBT line it sucked nobody bought it it bombed and so i was on the phone with the printer i was working with one day and i said you know what it's made by a black woman i should put that on a shirt and so literally i went to the computer designed the made by a black woman logo to um, pattern after the made in america logo people loved it It took off Uh, we printed shirts we went vending um, that first year of business, which was the full year of 2016, we had a magazine holiday mm-hmm. gift guide, got an influx of orders. I started printing for other people, doing um, custom merchandise. I worked with Google, Amazon. Like it, it just really flourished and turned into this thing great. Um, the time I started Black Girl Ventures, it was because the news had come out that Black and Brown women weren't getting access to capital that black women were starting businesses at six times the national average, receiving less than 2%, less than 1% even of venture capital. And I'm like, okay, well, let's just get together, throw some money together and give it away. And that's literally how it started. It was a branch, Southeast DC, um, a friend of mine's home. We all, I brought it was uh, people in, we threw money in a hat, four people pitched and just took off from there. Um, naturally, just like business, acumen i started getting partnerships and working with different people and it it just grew and grew and grew and grew and so here we are four years later with a thirty thousand plus movement um around creating access to capital for black and brown women using leadership development education um and community that's amazing that's a great that's an amazing story uh in in Reading up on you and and kind of listening to some of your interviews and just knowing the work you've done and having followed you, I realize that community is just kind of core to what you do. What, how has that over the like four to six weeks where you know you can't you can't be around people or you can't be you know physically in the same space with folks? 
Yeah, well, I gained two new coworkers, one who is just turned 18 and one who is five. <laughs> so I haven't exactly been alone, but, um, yeah. but you know, from a, a broader community standpoint, um, it has been it has been a challenge in terms of, you know, maintaining intimacy or the the level of, 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 of communication that we would normally have in person that are important to me and core to my brand. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I'm, I'm a content creator and my, the majority of my team are content creators. And so there's one thing we are good at is building relationships through content. I wanna, my, my team, the way we operate is probably a little unique. We are never not talking, right? Like we use WhatsApp, we used to use Slack, we moved from Slack to WhatsApp. And we're, we're just, you might as well just have walked out of the room and like came back. Like that's the way we communicate. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so thankful to have that kind of team working with me who understands I'm a creative, right? Like all of this spawned out of me being a very creative person. So I'm in the, you know, three o'clock in the morning, like what y'all think about this thing? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, hey, you know what we should do tomorrow? Like, you know, and so that has really, I think, um, caused me to be a little less, have a little less anxiety around being alone. Mm-hmm. I have, um, you know, had to think a lot about just even my intimate team and our chapters because there are so many places around the world, you know, around the country and just making sure everybody would check in with people. How are you? We have um, a person on our team that is a counselor. So mm-hmm. um, she is a therapist and she does coaching. And so we've had her in touch with people. We also have one of our chapter leaders who's also a therapist and so we, we've they have been stepped up to activate to have individual one-on-one coaching calls with people in this time to just check in on them so that actually has been super helpful um i've been doubling down on working through like personal and professionals for our team and for our, our we call our chapter leaders change agents and for our change agents mm-hmm. um and then with our alumni groups we've been doing check-ins with them and also setting up more like intimate um, meetings with them to get feedback from VDs. So we we've been doing a lot of a lot more behind the scenes stuff that we normally would. Mm-hmm. I think normally we're like so out front, you know, we're so everybody coming in person, we're so you know to these founders, things like that, in a very um, very public way. But we now really really focus on what does it mean to be virtual and intimate. What does it mean to be hyper local and virtual? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And those, those get a little bit, it's a great idea there. Everybody's, I think, trying to figure out. And how is it, how, what are the the feelings you're getting back from the community? Are people generally positive? Or are they working their way through this? Or are people stuck? Like, what what kind of feedback are you getting? Yeah, it's a, it's a Ferris wheel, right? Like, I yeah. won't call it a roller coaster ride. <laughs> <laughs> ending doesn't feel like it's near so i would just say it feels more like a ferris wheel so it's you know being as inspirational and empowering as we can you know i have people who are like shelly i lost two months of customers in one day you know i have people who are like you know it's great if we get a loan or it's great if we get some infusion of capital but what i really need is my customers back you know and i'm actually you know i've been saying to staffers that i know like we really need Congress to push for incentives around getting people uh, to consume again. Like, what would it look to do business? How do you do business with small businesses again? How do we incentivize 
people to do business with small businesses again or more or through this process or when is when is this over um and what is that going to look like because I, I think that people will be uh social distancing for a while even if the quarantine lifts i think we're going to be looking at social distancing as a new um normal i guess you can say yeah. so i mean we're, people are for the most part positive i will say people realize the um the power of community more than ever. So we've been doing virtual co-working. So for mm-hmm. women who are at home, black women who are at home by themselves, they join the virtual co-working on Wednesdays. And that's become like a space of communing for people, even if they're working, some we're talking and working and you know, all these things. So it's been, it's been, like I said, I think it's more of a fair as well right now. Yeah. 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 But people for the most part. Well, and we were talking about um, before we came on just this kind of return to more intimate gatherings, you know, rather than hundreds or thousands of people. What happens when you have a small handful of people communicating? Could you could you talk a little bit more about what you're seeing there? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I would say uh, maybe a six months or so now an article came out about influencers, whereas like influencers really couldn't get couldn't these a set of this one woman i believe it was she has all these followers but couldn't sell t-shirts and you know it was interesting because the idea that these numbers mean something i think we're going to see that fade a little bit right like it's going to be less about the visual overarching number and more about how intimate and deep and the engagement, how do people respond? Were people responsive? Were they sending questions? Were they chatting? You know, like how how deep was the engagement, which, which I'm actually excited to see. And you know, I was sharing that I really appreciate the 30 or 40 people that join nowadays. Like, yeah, yeah I, I I think I also fell into the the like, oh my God, I need 50,000 followers. You know, I fell into yeah. that too. Like, oh my God, you know, we have a Instagram is you against the machine, quite honestly. And <laughs> it's not even about people on Instagram. It's you against an algorithm. But we work mm-hmm. really hard to push out from that to actually. And now I'm just like, I'm really, I really am loving the group of 30 people. I was just um, on a, we did a fireside chat right before I came here with one of the writers from Insecure. And um, we had about 40 people who were on throughout the entire fireside chat. They asked questions. It, it felt like we helped more people mm-hmm. versus just like a lot of noise. There's a lot of noise out there right now. You know, I'm looking at people who would never traditionally create online content who now have a whole conference. And I'm like, what? So <laughs> I, I am more passionate about cutting through all of that to the people who are really like, I want to receive the, the intimate levels of feedback and community and yeah. So the numbers look different to me now. Like having 40 people versus 200 is, doesn't feel alarming when it comes to virtual. My- and that's another episode of the podcast. Please consider subscribing on your favorite podcast network and we'd love to see your ratings and reviews. For more of this conversation, visit piepdx.com slash YouTube.